We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Minnesota Vikings game preview. We're going to break down the keys of victory and give our thoughts on what the Lions can do to get their first win of the season on episode 213 of the Pride Podcast. With the seventh pick. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 213 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I am your host, Tyler, and I'm joined by my two guys, as always, Malcolm Pierre. Um, before we get into that, I want to get into a little more serious note and just talk about something that happened a little more locally in our, uh, you know, in our state of Michigan, and uh, it was... A uh, very tragic event at a local high school in Oxford, Michigan, where there was uh, tragically a school shooting. And as of right now, four people are known as passed away right now. Uh, just a quick message. It's just unbelievable. I'm in complete disbelief. And I, I, I have no words. And like it, It's been over 24 hours. I've been trying to process it. It's just unbelievable. My, my thoughts, my thoughts. Prayers are out to the students involved in the situation, the teachers involved, uh, the parents that had to be notified of that news because, you know, I, I can't relate to it because I'm not a parent, but like I can imagine Malcolm. It's like, dude, could you imagine getting that text or that call and, you know, you find out you, your kid is in the middle of a school shooting and you can't do anything about it. And it's just unbelievable. Um, and my thoughts and prayers are again out to the city of Oxford, uh, teachers, parents, everybody involved in the situation. Hope everything is all well. Stay strong, Oxford. You guys got anything to add on to that? Yeah, man. Like you said, like when I saw that news, it actually kind of hit me because think about it. You're going to school. You're not thinking about guinea child. Going to school to learn, right? With your friends, having a good time with your friends, going to school, you interact with others and a child sends their kid to school. They're not thinking about them getting shot, right? They want to learn. So I think a parent, I'm not a parent, but soon I'll probably be one. The worst like nightmare of a parent is your kid not being home. 
and I have like younger cousins and stuff too. Tyler, I know you have younger nephews and nieces and stuff. It's really scary, man. It's scary. And our, my prayers and thoughts are with these people. And honestly, I'm still thinking about it. I, I, I was shocked when I saw it. Um, it was really it, emotional too. It, it actually hit, hit me. It hit close to home, man. I mean, it did. you know, it's only a 40 minute drive from us. I mean, yeah. It just and shows. I've driven past that area multiple yeah. times. It just shows you how precious life is and like, don't take advantage of any moment. Yeah, yeah, just live every moment like it's your last. And man, like Tyler said, our thoughts and prayers are with them. And just, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's definitely tough, man. It's definitely a tough subject to talk about, man. And in my situation, you know, my wife, she's a teacher. She's a teacher. She teaches in school. Ever since, like, she became a teacher, she's been doing a lot of active um, shooting trainings. And it's just sad that, you know, teachers have to go through this. And people have to go through this um, all the time, man. I mean, on, on our end, I know that hit home for you guys because I was really local. And it was, like, right around the corner from you guys. But in 2018, we had the same situation down in South Florida. There was a school called Stoneman Douglas High School. And this actually happened on it was 2018 on Valentine's Day. And there was a kid that just went to a high school. He was a former student and he killed 17 people, 17 students, and I think two teachers just out of nowhere. Just came in there with a assault rifle and just started shooting people. And yeah, it's, it's very scary, especially for anybody that has kids. I mean, luckily, my little ones are in elementary school, so I don't really think too much of it sending them to elementary school. But yeah, man, as you get to middle school, high school, you don't know, man. Like, it's, it's a scary thing because in this case, I mean, there was a kid that was getting bullied and he just took it out on the kids. And yeah, it's a very tough, tough subject to talk about. Tough situation, man. You know, prayers definitely go out to all the families and anybody that was involved in that situation, man. It's just definitely, definitely tough, man. We just got to do better as a country. And it's just, I hate that this is normal. That, like, we see this on a normal occurrence. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I actually was watching the news today and not not actually not just school shootings but mass shootings this year there was 650 mass shootings this year so far wow. so far and we only have 365 days in a year we're not even finished with the year yet and you're talking about 650 mass shootings in 2021 that just this is sad man i think uh, you know we just gotta do better man it's just as a whole country you know? the whole country just gotta do better man it's the well, really well, there's obviously no good segue to transition to talking football after that, just because you know, there's nothing that compares to it that there's a good segue to it. So, but we got to talk about it. Uh, we're here to talk about Lions, Vikings. Um, let's get to the injury report, guys. Uh, here, what's the Lions injury report looking like for this week? The Lions injury report. So, we have Trey Flowers with a knee. Didn't practice Kadero Hodge illness. Didn't practice Bobby Price shoulder. Didn't practice Jalen Reeves maven shoulder. Didn't practice Panay Sewell illness. Didn't practice. But we find out from Sewell's actually food poisoning from his girlfriend's Instagram. Him and his girlfriend got food poisoning. So hopefully he'll be all right. Uh, DeAndre Swift shoulder no practice. Trini Benson with a knee was limited. Michael Brockage with a knee was limited. Matt Nelson with the ankle was limited. And, uh, Big V actually was a full person with a concussion. So he's on. Looks like Big V's on track to play this week that's that's good news that is definitely good news because the lions had a lot of problems on that offensive line as far as penalties and maybe some communication issues so that is good news to get big v and you know when they had big v i mean the offensive line has been gelled pretty well together good right. run holes that they've been creating good solid pass protection when they do pass the ball um and obviously just less penalties because last game versus the bears was just horrendous as far as uh penalties and communication as far as the offensive line so all right, I'll read off the Vikings injury report because I put Malcolm in a bad spot. I was supposed to keep him the ledger report, so I'm going to read off the Vikings <laughs> No, go ahead, man. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so starting off with linebacker Anthony Barr, he's dealing with a knee and hamstring. He didn't practice. Uh, Delvin Cook running back dealing with the shoulder. It looks like he will miss a couple of weeks, so he will not play in this game. Uh, Christian Darisol dealing with an ankle injury. He didn't participate on Wednesday. Uh, Ryan Cornelli did not participate uh, with a quad strip injury. Uh, cornerback Cameron Bynum dealing with an ankle, did not practice. Uh, now going up to limiteds, you got Mackenzie Alexander, Rashad Breland. Uh, you got Eric Hendricks, Sheldon Richardson, Nick Vigil, and Armin Watts. So that's the Vikings injury report. This was a walkthrough, so these are all estimated uh, of the Wednesday injury report. So we'll know a better estimate of what's going to be happening on Sunday on our Spotify group on Sunday. So if you guys are interested in that, come join us on Sunday. We'll update you guys on Instagram and Twitter and obviously all that. So that's the Lions Vikings injury report. 
let's talk about this Vikings. Uh, let's talk about this Vikings defense versus Lions offense, which you know this Lions offense obviously hasn't been good this year. That's not that's not some secret. Uh, Pierre, what's a matchup you're looking at this Sunday that the Lions got to take advantage of? Yeah, so we talk about this almost. Looks like we say this almost every week, man. The Vikings' run defense is not good. They are ranked 30th against the run. Detroit's actually ranked 29th against the run. So it feels like I keep saying the same game plan every week on offense, but here he goes again. Run it, run the ball, all the running game. Uh, get some sort of play action going because Patrick Peterson, I believe, is – I think they placed him on IR. He's going to be out a couple weeks. I forgot which one it is. He wasn't on the injury report, so he's on which IR, right? He's on IR, yeah. Yeah, so Patrick Peterson and I are one of their starting corners, so they're actually going to bring, uh, I think, Cam Dantzler – to start, he was a backup for them. So Cam Dancer is going to start. He was a rookie last year. Um, he struggled a little. Yeah, so run the ball, get that play-action game going. And feels like I say this every week, man, and every week they try to run the ball. Didn't really work last week for whatever reason. But this week I feel like they could run the ball successfully. And also – a good running game helps your defense, keeps your defense off the field against that explosive Minnesota Vikings offense that we'll get which into we'll, later. Which, we, yeah, which we'll get into. Malcolm, what's your game plan for this week? What do we got to do offensively? Like, Is there anything? Is there any hope? Yeah, I mean, I think the Lions, because what I did is actually I went back to when we played the, the Vikings, I believe it was week four. Week four it was when we played the Vikings. And they had success on running the ball. I mean, they five. just did it week five, week five. Um, they had success running the ball. I mean, they averaged 4.5 yards per carry running the ball against that Minnesota Vikings defense. The thing with them is just they just they just they didn't stick with it. And then also their offense in the first, I would say three and a half quarters was pitiful. They they had no offense that game. Um, their only offense came. In the last, literally the last three minutes of that 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 fourth quarter, and that's when they, you know, that's when we made it close. You know, they made they scored a touchdown, made a two point conversion, but yeah, offensively, they need to run the ball, and they need to take advantage of their the Minnesota Vikings secondary. Minnesota Vikings secondary is beat up right now. They're 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 not good. <laughs> so we'll see, man. I'm not sure. Is is Everson Griffin? Is he playing? Because he gave us hell last time we played him. I went um, back and watched that he's game. He's actually and... dealing with some mental. Yeah, he's got um, some mental health. I saw that mental, mental health stuff going on, and I believe Daniel Hunter is hurt also right now. So, okay, so I, I, I believe I, he's hurt. I like our chances right now. This is I like our chances. I like I like our offensive line versus their de- without Griffin without Hunter. I like our offensive line chances. Yeah, it looks and like I, Hunter is hurt. Um, and the thing, the thing with the Minnesota Vikings too. I mean, I I'm not sure if they're going to adjust. I mean, like every other team that plays the Lions, they just play up. They always like they're they're playing two safeties high. I would say eighty percent of their defensive snaps. They rely they rely heavily on their front their front seven. So this is a chance for the Detroit Lions to gash up in a run game, force them to play up, and then try to beat them deep. I think they I think they can actually do it. I think they, I think they can do it. And then Malcolm, without like one of their best linebackers too, Tyler said he's dealing with a hamstring knee injury. If I had to guess right now, no practice. If I had to guess, I'd say he won't play, but we'll see. Yeah, that's another guy. I mean, this this guy is he's really good. That's another guy that could potentially be out. And you look at the Vikings defense, you're like, okay, who the hell scares you on that defense? And when you look at it right here, looking at it right now, I'm looking at it. The only guy that really scares me maybe is Kendricks and Harrison Smith. Other than that. He had a nice one-handed pick against us last time we played him. They don't have Daniel Hunter out there. Yeah. They don't have Andrew Barr out there. Was beautiful. Yeah, yeah it, was. It, was nice, it was a nice one-handed pick. Yeah. So, but like you, you look, vice versa. Look on the Lions side. Who who scares them? Right. The exactly. I mean, so DeAndre Swift. To be fair, though, about the Lions' defense, though, I don't think they've allowed more than twenty points the past few weeks. The yeah. Lions. And we'll get we'll get to their defense, yeah, but yeah, as far as offensively. I would say our offensive line should scare the hell out of the Minnesota Vikings right now. We got, I think our offensive line, the matchup favors the Detroit Lions offensive line. So I'm I think the you. Detroit Lions offensive line could probably do whatever they want to do. If they want to create holes to run the ball, I think they could create holes and run the ball against their depleted defense right now. And especially, I think I think a wild card right now is Matt Nelson. Is Matt Nelson going to play? I know he's limited. Um, and Malcolm, sorry to interrupt, but it seems like they're two big fuckers. Michael Pierce was the other guy, damn it. Um uh, they have uh, Michael Pierce and Richardson. No, no, not Richardson. It's Richardson. Yeah, it is Richardson. Richardson, Richardson is their defensive tackle. No, no, they're starter. He was. It was Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson, I believe. Right. Oh yeah, from the Giants. Yes. 
It seems like both of them are hurt too right now. So they yeah, don't have their another, two big guys. That's another thing. And I was going to get to Matt Nelson. If Matt Nelson plays and they use him at the extra tight end to create these giant holes, I think the running game can get going. Thomas I, I, is on the COVID list. Sorry to interrupt. He's on the COVID list. He didn't play last week. We'll see if he plays this week. Okay. I, I regardless, I don't care if you know. I don't care if he's out there or not. I really, I like our chances with our offensive line against our defensive line. I do too. I mean, last time that's what. I mean, outside of Jared Goff being absolutely terrible, but the offensive line was really bad <laughs> that game. Uh, Panay Sewell had a really rough time with Everson Griffin. He did, and then Matt Nelson wasn't doing much better on the right side of this. But that was Panay was probably worst game or second worst game as a pro. It was that Vikings game. So either the Bears game or that game. Uh, I'm trying to think which game was it. I don't remember. I remember there was a game that he was terrible. I think this was it. I think this was it. The game it was this was... game and the Bears game. It was week four and week five. That's when everyone was freaking out. It's like, oh, Penesu was a buzz. Penesu was this, and that's when everyone was freaking out. It was week four and week five. But I think I think I think Penesu is is more polished now. Especially, I mean, no, I no, I'm saying that that that's what the narrative was back then when we played them, and he had a really rough game. Uh, the Lions defense that game was really good. Uh, last time they played Minnesota, they held to 19 points total and. Three of those points came at the last drive where they ran a super prevent defense. But overall, they <laughs> gave the Lions offense a chance where they kept them scoreless. Four attempts, four attempts before the Lions offense could score anything. I think it took five attempts, actually, for them to score the ball where the Lions defense held them to zero points. And that's including guys like Pierre mentioned, which we're going to get into, that explosive offense of Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen, which we did a really good job versus him. He did, I think he only had one catch in that game. And it came back. I don't even know if it counted. So he might have had zero reception in that game. You know, he, had, he had two. He had two catches. Both came. Two. Both of the catches came in that very last drive. That, okay, that's what it was. So but overall, I remember we did. He was like off to zero catches like that whole game, maybe till yeah. that last drive. Yeah. yeah. And um, Alexander Madison, like I know his. Uh, me and Pierre were talking about this before the game or before we started the show. Is like his numbers look really good in that game, and it looks like he averaged four point whatever yards that game. Well, but you got to remember, it was there was a 48, ru- 48 yard rush in the middle of that too, yeah, and that's what made the numbers look. And that's what made the numbers look way better than they actually were for Alexander Madison. Um, so to an update on uh, Talmason, they're hoping he's off. He's off the COVID list, and then Michael Pierce did return to practice today. So it looks like they'll get their two big fuckers back. It is what it is. I still like our offensive line chances against their defense. I think on the edge, the edge are going to be a little bit. They're going to be weak on the edge, and yeah. you know, the lines could. I think the lines off offensively with their offensive line, they can do whatever they want to do, man. And not really worry too much about, you know, having pressure. So I think they could. We probably could see a passing game. That's a big if because there's been opportunities where they've had this type of opportunity to get a passing going, and we've seen a glimpse, a very small glimpse of that versus the Chicago Bears. But again, it wasn't consistent, and you know, a lot of things held that back from being good. And we, we like, it was working a little bit in that bears game. It was, I mean, they were getting creative in that first quarter. It was the first drive. Yeah. The Josh Reynolds touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was really about it. You're right. But. Yeah, it was just <laughs> the first drive, the first drive is the only thing that was magical about that game. Everything else was trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. You have another opportunity. I feel like the lines have gotten a bunch of opportunities to win a game, but they're just, not doing it and a lot of that's on the coaching staff and a lot of the players not executing but i blame the coaching staff more than any of it honestly on why they're not haven't won a game yet me going back and watching that week five matchup against the minnesota vikings that was one of dan campbell's better better coaching he did a good job coaching that game yeah i mean i didn't he, he, he didn't he didn't lose that game he wasn't calling the plays so no. he didn't screw up the play calling it wasn't that game it's, I'm, um, so I'm talking about more about the last three weeks oh the last three weeks has been horrendous yeah but yeah, yeah. They, they they had a chance that game. They sh- that was a game they should have won. Minnesota Vikings had the ball back after we scored the touchdown in a two point conversion. Minnesota Vikings had the ball back with thirty three seconds yep. and two timeouts. Yeah. If they would have played that, if they would have played it smart, they would have won that game at the end. They just they they played soft. Yeah. They no, I mean soft. it wasn't a good played game by the Lions offense. Like the Lions offense still struggled really badly in that game until uh, yeah. the last drive. So. I don't know, man. I, I just I want to see them just try stuff because they're not trying stuff anymore. That's what's pissing me off. Yeah, see, you see, you see that. I know you were to hear the last episode, but that's what me and Pierre were talking about. Me and Pierre were talking about like, all right, you're old ten and one. Like this, this conservative stuff. Like you got to throw that stuff out the window, man. 
if, if we get a holding call, I get it. And we're on third and 10 or second and second and 25. We can't be doing draws right now, man. We're not, we're in a point right now that we're old, we're old 10 and one. Yeah. And, uh, Malcolm, to your credit, like we talked about this, Campbell even came out and says, like, I wish I maybe passed the ball more yeah, than ever. He said it today. So he was, he was actually talking about a play at the end of the half when that happened. And instead of trying to get 10 yards, and then at that point, you're in ready in field goal range, and then you could decide if you want to kick the field goal or, you know, or try to go for it. He decided to do a halfback draw. So, so it's, it's, nice it's stuff like that. that is. It's nice to see, like, okay, when he looks back at the tape, because, you know, when you're in game, maybe it's different, like, from a fan's but when you're in a game, you just kind of just look at your place, you do whatever, but then yeah. when you go back and you watch the tapes, like, shit, what was I doing? Like, that's what it kind of felt like he was saying today. It's like, man, I wish I could have some of these plays back. That's what he, he says. 100% he's learning on the fly. He is, because he's never been a play caller before. Being a play caller is not easy, especially being a first-time play caller. Um, his personnel sucks, so he has to get creative somehow, some way. It's just by personal. I mean, like his receivers. I mean, they don't have anyone. So, I mean, it, it's good that he's acknowledging his problems. I think that's right. a good first step. But I agree. With I that. mean, <laughs> Dan Dan Campbell. What he said in his own press conference. You guys have heard every fucking excuse in the books. Like, I'm not here to give you excuses anymore. I'm here to actually change. You know, the difference between winning and losing, and that's what he has to do now. You could talk the talk. He said – this is his own words, like something along the lines. I'm not quoting him, but something along the lines where you could talk the talk, but it's about what happens on the field, and that's what Dan Campbell wants to do next. And, and that can start the Sunday with a win. Right. Hopefully, man. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a positive. Most coaches, like the guy we had before, wasn't if, – if he made a mistake, he, was he wasn't – he was very stubborn. He wouldn't say, yeah, I screwed up. Maybe I, maybe I should have had ran cover one as many times as I did. No. Maybe, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I should have adjusted to the crossing routes. And, and all that stuff. But, you know, he, he didn't do that. So, yeah, you like to see this coaching staff is honest. They're transparent. They don't really bullshit stuff like the previous one. Like, oh, I got to coach better pad level, all that bullshit. No, like Campbell straight up says, like, look, man, I fucked up here. I should have done better on this play. And we'll But now I want to see it on the time. field. If you're going to acknowledge it, I want to see it on the field. I think we will start seeing it on the field, Tyler, that'd, because that'd be um, the hope. especially against Minnesota, they're they're weak defensively, and I think offensively they could do some damage uh, to them. I mean, we'll see. I mean, you're missing one of your best offensive players as well, DeAndre Swift. He was a big impact. He had that, your. That's, that's he, I mean, he was your. I think has the most receptions on your team right now. Uh, he yeah. was a big factor in your team, so that that that's a big blow to your offense. But yeah, I mean, you have matchups that you could that you could look at this Sunday, and you could hopefully take advantage of and you know, maybe score some points and just look like a competent offense. I'm not even asking for a good offense. I'm asking for a competent offense because that's we're not even that right now. I want to see um, more guy run Igwebuike. I like what I've seen with him with his limited snaps so far. Well, you, you are probably going to see that a little bit more with It looks like he has some speed, especially in the passing game, like in the screen game or the passing game. I want to see more of that. Even Jamar Jefferson, when he had that nice long touchdown run, he got hurt off of it. Campbell said he's, he expects a heavy dose of Williams, but also a committee with Jefferson and Iguabuike. So I want to see uh, those guys play more as well. Yeah. Godwin, Godwin Iguabuike has been – he's been good with his touches. I've been he, impressed he, with him, man. I really have. Yeah. His average I, – I mean, I'm not looking at his numbers right now, but I'm pretty sure he has a really high average. Every time he touched the ball, he got at least 10 yards. Fun yeah, fact. He, he has some nice speed. Fun fact. He's a former safety at Northwestern. Wow. We did not know that, Tyler. <laughs> wow. That was, Tyler, that was, did you know that, that Matthew Stafford that. and Clayton Kershaw were teammates in high school? No, I did not. I knew, I knew they played Little League together. <laughs> I, knew they, I knew they played Little League together. And, uh, you know, if, if I don't hear that stat every week on Fox, I would be disappointed. <laughs> Especially now uh, they both play in L.A. Well, actually, Kershaw's a free agent. He might not be in L.A. next year. So we'll see. Wow. Maybe he comes to Detroit. I'll That's take it. Happen. Sure. Happen. <laughs> I mean, he's old he's enough, but hey, the Tigers, the Tigers are winning out right now, baby. He's I'm not. Are you trying to do a switcheroo? Kershaw's not going to come to Detroit. What? Imagine that. Yeah, Kershaw to the Tigers and Stafford in LA. You did a switcheroo. What a flip that would be! Wow. I'll take it. Yeah, Tyler, I hate to break it to you, but Kershaw's not going to come here. No, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's okay. We don't need Clint Kershaw. We got a squad. But uh, yeah, back to the Lions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, uh, as far as offensively, we mentioned you got you got matchups this week that we hopefully take advantage of. 
And mm-hmm. it's another opportunity for a win. You have another opportunity to win. You have another opportunity to score some points, which, you, frankly, you haven't done. You haven't done it this year, especially having done the last three weeks. You're not even scoring 20 points right now. Like, like I'm asking for something below average at this point because right now this is NFL. This isn't competent. I, I want to see something different this Sunday, and hopefully it starts this Sunday. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, all right, let's talk about something I like a little bit more on this team, and that's the defense. Uh, the defense on this team is very up and down there's moments and you're playing a good offense they did a very good job versus them last time in week five held them to only 19 points and they had all their guys outside of delvin cook but maybe here and i think malcolm would agree here as well we mentioned alexander madison like he's not delvin cook but he's not a huge drop off from delvin cook he's still a very very talented running back and when given opportunities to be the starting running back when delvin's been hurt he usually does the job man he did a solid job versus us. I mean, he had the big run, the 48-yard run versus us, got a touchdown versus us. And like I said, whenever he gets the opportunity, he always seems to do a pretty good job. So, no, he's not Delvin Cook, but he is a very, very talented running back and would probably start on a lot of other NFL teams if he was on a different NFL team. But yeah. what do you guys feel this week? You know, last week, we I mean, not last week. Last time we played this team, he held to 19 points. Are you guys feeling that same optimism that the Lions could do something similar to that, or do you think the Vikings have something up their sleeves this week? Tyler, I got to be honest, man. Kirk Cousins, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's playing at MVP level right now. He's on fire. You know, it's interesting you say that because no one wants to acknowledge how good Kirk Cousins is doing because I think it's Kirk Cousins. Like, just no one has faith that it's going to continue. Like, that's not going to result in anything. So no That's one's why they're winning games. They're like on a – how many wins have they won in a row right now? Well, they just lost on Sunday to San Francisco. Like, before that, though. Uh, I mean, they, they have five wins right now, so, I mean, it couldn't be that much. They're a very they're a very average football team. Like they're not yeah. good, they're not bad. And me and Pierre made this before we started the show. They kind of remind us like a 2017, 2016 type of Lions team. Like they could slip into the playoffs, but you wouldn't be shocked if they missed the playoffs. It's like a nine win team. Now with 17 games, maybe 10 wins. Like that's just how I view the Vikings. I think they'll take care of bad teams, but when you play a good team, I think that's where they struggle a little bit. I think they could slip and like win some of those games, but I, I just I, they're very inconsistent to me, which I it's hard to buy the stock on the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. we're talking about Kirk Cousins, man. He has 3,013 yards, 23 touchdowns, and three interceptions. One of those interceptions came from us. We we picked him off. Alex yeah. ends alone. He's playing out of his mind. If they had a better record, he'd probably be in like an MVP conversation. I think yeah. I still think he should be right now because that's the only reason why they're winning games is because of him because their defense is awful. This I mean, is off, this is off they, also, they also do have a really good receiving core. I mean, not they do, they do, but like, I mean, he's getting the ball to them. This is off so. topic a little bit, but who is the MVP in the NFL right now? Like, I don't who, know. Who is it? Is it Jonathan? Actually, Taylor? I do know. Mac Jones. Jonathan Taylor. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Now he's an MVP. He's going to win eight MVP. 
Not not the season. I'm just talking about the season we'll, MVP. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Let's Maybe Super Bowl MVP. That's what I'm talking about. Super Bowl MVP. That's what I'm talking about. Oh man. I was thinking about this. This would be a, a six Super Bowl. Belichick versus Brady in the Super yep. Bowl. That's that's my that's my new predictions right now. I'm calling it. I'm I'm speaking into existence. I think it'll okay. be fun. It's gonna be I think it'll be exciting. That'd be a fun Super Bowl. That'd be very interesting because their matchup earlier in the season was fun, but it was like the rain kind of took away from it. But I would yeah. like to see that in like a no weather implication on the line. I would like to see a rematch of that game. But yeah, me too. I agree with you, Pierre. I think Jonathan Taylor's the MVP right now. If we Jonathan Taylor. One. Uh, all right, we went a little off topic. Let's get back into the Vikings offense. Well, we're talking about Kirk Cousins. You said he's MVP. I want to talk about MVP. Oh, yeah, I did. I wanted to mention who is he competing with. Who is Kirk Cousins? Is, is he in the top three? Is he top five in MVP? Like, what, where, where do you put him in right now? Maybe, like, top seven, somewhere in the top seven. I don't know exactly where. Is he ahead of Matthew Stafford right now? I don't know. I don't – because um, wins and losses also factor when they do MVP he, combos. He, 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 I, don't, I don't think he'll get much votes on that. No, I don't think. I think you know you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at Stafford, you're looking at all these guys right now. I just don't see, and he's putting up phenomenal numbers numbers right now. But but it's Kirk Cousins, winning. like you just exactly. don't trust it's Kirk Cousins, and you're not no winning. Trust, so yeah, no one trusts Kirk Cousins. Like I like I saw the numbers. I'm like, yeah, that's nice, but it's like it, it's Kirk Cousins. I I just can't trust him. Yeah, it's, maybe have, un, yeah. it's unfair, but like it's it's just it's 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 my history of knowing Kirk Cousins. I can't trust him. Tyler, but like like you said, though, the receivers, uh, Justin Jefferson, this kid, the way he's developed, I mean, I already think he's probably like a top 10 receiver in this league. He's so smooth in his route running. He's so damn good. He's a special player, man. He killed us last time, too, in that first half. We adjusted well to him, but in that first half, uh, he, he did a really good job versus us. But Aaron Glenn, I'll give him credit. I mean, in the second half, he wasn't as much of a factor, and the whole Vikings offense wasn't really much of a factor. They did a really good job in the second half. They adjusted Jefferson. Like I said, they did a very good job with Adam Thielen, who's given us trouble in the past with uh, different uh, defensive play callers. But it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I feel like that game where we played in week five where they only scored 19 points versus us, I feel like they have something up their sleeves. I feel like they could maybe do some damage this week versus our, our defense. Because our defense is very up and down. Just don't really know what to expect out of them week in and week out. I, I would say mostly it's been good. I think the offense really holds it back. But – I don't know, man. It, I feel like this offense is just very talented. I remember last time we talked about the Vikings. I, I didn't really have much hope, and they came out and did a lot, a lot better job than I expected. So hopefully that's right. the scenario we see on Sunday. But I don't know, man. I just look at this team on paper, and I it, it's really tough to stop these guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't know how um, – because Thielen, Thielen is playing well right now. Jefferson is playing well. They have Alexander Madison, who killed us last time we played him. He had over 100 yards, 4.5 yards to carry. I know he had that long run, but that's still part of the equation, yeah. right? Yeah. So he killed us. Um, last week, we had trouble. I don't want to see soft zones this week. They'll tear us apart if we do that. Last week, I mean, when they did that during Thanksgiving, Andy Dalton tore us apart, and especially with his legs, too. We can't have that this week. You can't let Kirk Cousins beat you with his legs. You just can't. I think our password just kind of disappeared the last three weeks as well. They don't yeah, have man. anyone. They don't it have was, anyone. It was tough, man. I remember I actually forgot, you know, until I went back and watched his week five matchup. Charles Harris had got That's a sack. Saying, like, and they were saying they were saying, Wow, this is four game in a row. He got a sack. I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh shit, I, I do remember Charles Harris. I remember him doing that. But where has he been since? Yeah, he been, that dude's been completely invisible on defense. I haven't yeah, yet. Yeah, did he even get a sack since since week five? Wow. I don't think he has a sack. Um, yeah, it's been rough. They don't yeah. really have much juice, man. Like, they do have some do. secondary they, they, guys. They have a guy. They have a guy, but he just doesn't get that much snaps. Who's that guy? Julian Okora. I don't think they fully trust him yet. They, they um, don't, but when he gets yeah. – on third down, when he's when he's there, he flies. Like, we watch the tape. When he when he's there on third downs, he flies. Yeah, he flies. Yeah, and I then, see that. And then, he, and then he's out of the game. And then we go yeah. back to this, you know – I'm not sure they're doing that to stop the run because they did a good job against the run last week. Um, they yeah. didn't get much pressure on the quarterback. They need to find a way to do both. They need to find a way to stop the run and put pressure on the quarterback. And they're, they're not doing that right now. It's like I, they're picking one or the other. They should start blitzing more often, in my opinion, a little more blitzing. That helps your pass rush too. And we did see a little of that previously, but not as much. Maybe do it a little more. Because, man, that pass rush is just not hitting home. And then who do you have? Like You don't really have anyone. You have two rookies. McNeil and Levi, who are still learning 
McNeil's more of a nose tackle. Levi has a pass rusher, but Brockers they're still learning. hasn't really been much of a factor for you this Brockers, year. yeah, Deshaun Hand, forget about him. He's off the team now. Um, Nick Williams. Ed, Trey Flowers might as well just be off the team as well. Nick Williams hasn't played well. Uh, Romeo Aquara obviously represents Achilles. They don't really have anyone. I mean, even Julian Aquara, like he, he's shown moments, but like even last game, he got 38 snaps, played 54% of the defensive snaps. Like he he's not like, I mean, he's getting snaps. It's just, we don't like Peter saying we just don't have a guy right now. They're not really getting yeah. home. When you have one guy like Romeo Aquara, he opens also stuff up for the other guys too. Exactly. And right now they don't really have even Romeo Aquara, I don't think he's like like a tier one pass, he's more of a tier two pass rusher or tier three. Yeah. That's not knocking on him. That's just he's a good pass rusher. He's not a great pass rusher, right? Yeah, you so, just so pretty much saying he's not elite. We know that he's not an elite pass yeah, rusher. That's all I'm saying. He's still a pretty good he pass rusher. He has eliteness in him, though. If you put another guy on this uh, another side of him, though, Kevin on Thibodeau, Aiden Hutch. Kevin, Aiden Hutch, yeah, Hutch. Kayvon, I mean, like, dude, if you have a healthy Romeo Aquara, not to get too off topic to the draft, but I mean, I think Romeo could be a, a for sure double digit sack guy. If that's uh, the case. phenomenal player, yeah, a phenomenal player, and he can. I mean, he had double. Did he had double digit sack last, last, last year? year? Yeah. yeah, and Romeo was playing well this year before he got hurt too. Yeah, he, he yeah. was balling. So it's and, that that, and, and, and that's with the guys we have right now. Which again, I mean, they're not doing much, and I think that might have created why Charles Harris was doing so well because Romeo Carr was on the field. That that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that now that Romeo's gone, that that whole everything closed up. You it's... brought up a good point. So you said Charles Harris's last sack that we're we're going a little. I don't know if this is the exact number, but we, we think his last sack was versus the Vikings, week five, right? Yeah. Romeo got hurt week four versus the Bears. Yeah. That's very possible. That's that, that's that, very that, possible. That, that might be a leading factor of that's like what's going on with our pass rush now because so our pass last sack was versus the Vikings. Yep. Yep, and Romeo Carr's last game was week four versus the Bears. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, so. thing, that, that, that was the end, the beginning and the end of our pass rush. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think a guy like McNeil, we, I think there's still obviously potential there, and yeah, I think he can be a better player, but I don't think he's been the guy that we initially expected off the rip. I thought he would be more of a disruptor and create more uh, opportunities for the guys. I got to be honest, play. Tyler, these past couple of weeks, I've been impressed with McNeil. He's yeah, had he, a few he, tackles for a loss. He's blown up some plays. Let's not forget, he's still a rookie, and he doesn't really have anyone around him either. Like we just talked about it, yeah. there's not a lot of playmakers around him. You put like healthy Romeo, but you don't have to double team at Liverpool. Kevin Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, and then McNeil could probably see some one on ones to set us on double teams. Yeah, this guy, I th- I've actually been really impressed with McNeil. I mean, you don't have to du- you don't have to double team McNeil right now though. But I think they do though because yeah, he's I a big. Dude. I mean, because there's no one else. No, like in general, he's just a big ass dude. He's yeah, hard in the in interior. In interior, I think they already do double him. Who who's your worry? Michael Brockers, Nick Williams, Levi Onzerike. Yeah. Levi Onzerike. I know he had that sack, but he's been invisible this year. He's he's, he's slowly he's, he's, picking he's, it up. he's working his way up from an injury. Yeah, man. he's slowly picking it up too. Um, he's getting better every week. But I kind of I, I kind of like what I seen from McNeil. Like you see him, I, I think he had a problem. I think he had a problem finishing. Like you'll see him back there, get to the quarterback or get to the running back, and then miss the tackle. So he has to finish. That, that's, that's his problem right now with finishing. I still have, like, faith in both of those big guys that we drafted Absolutely. in the second and third No, round. I mean, I'm, down the yeah. line. I'm just saying right now they're – I mean, I don't know. I haven't really seen they're, much of them. They're playing to me. I haven't seen like much. Yeah, I was hoping to see more of a factor out of those guys, honestly. But the I thing know. is, Tyler, like, you want to see more out of them, but it's just hard when you don't have no one around you either. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And like I said, yeah, there's not much to fear on this line. defense line. There's – I, I mentioned Michael Brockers, Nick Williams, and um, who's the other guy? Uh, Pedicini. I kind I kind of figured that was going to happen with Mike, Michael Brockers. Man, you playing with Aaron Donald so for so damn long, <laughs> you know your production is going to you're going to no, have some type but of. But he's production. like he's 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 been pretty much of a non-factor on this defense as far as a pass rusher. He I mean, hasn't been good. Yeah. I mean, you put that with you know remember he was playing with Aaron Donald and he yeah. has some type of success. Now he's in a defense where it's him. It's just that, him. Yeah, that that's, extension that's, isn't looking too nice either. They, I think they gave him three years, twenty-seven yep. million a year, nine million a year. Yeah, it's I'm not, not sure. Too nice. I'm not sure if that's for veteran leadership. I don't know because he's still. I mean, he's still it's our veteran. Still, he's still, yeah. still our veteran on the on the defensive line. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The optimism he's, is if you surround him with some guys that, you know, he'll shine a little bit, but. I, I don't know, man. He was supposed to be like he, he was supposed to be that guy that was supposed to be helping our young guys out. 
but yeah. he just no, doesn't matter. Our young guys are they're they're outperforming Michael Brockers and the Nick Williams and Right. I mean, Nick Williams has been pretty much a non factor this year as well. He's just yeah. there. Yeah, I think they just use him for his veteran leadership, I guess. I don't know. He still they, gets the starts. He still they need to sign some like veteran guys. They already have their young guys there. I feel like they need to sign some some veteran guys that are solid. Like they don't have to be super good, but they can't be super bad. Just some solid. Just look at Alex Andaloni. Like Alex Andaloni is living yeah. contract. Like yeah. an average to solid defensive lineman that could get you some pressures here and there, that could help you out a little. You know, they, they need because these guys aren't cutting it, man. But yeah. Yeah, again, I mean, like like we said, they're not they don't really have anyone with them either. So I think that's the biggest knock on Brad Holmes this this year is the veteran signings he made this offseason just haven't really worked out outside of Alex Antoloni, I would say. You sound like Mike, you sound like Mike in the green room. Maybe like Jamal Williams too, but like other than that <laughs> yeah. though, when it's like a rebuilding year, right? When you trade for a guy like Rogers, that's a guy you're comfortable with and you know, and he'll help you build that yeah. culture. Yeah, I was cool with that move. That was a good yeah. move. But I'm saying as far as the receivers and uh, it just just overall it general, doesn't doesn't work out all the time. That yeah, didn't I'm work not. Out. Yeah, I'm not too like too worried. I'm about not it. concerned because they're all one year deals and uh, you're not a destination right now. And they want a context too, so they don't really want to go out this yeah. time, guys. And you're not a destination. Frankly, and, yeah, and also, man, those are guys. The guys they signed, it seemed like those were guys who are like, all right, we're gonna give you a chance. These are, I'm gonna give you a chance, guys. These are not, they weren't proven they were. guys. No, I mean, who's coming uh, here? Unless you're getting hella overpaid, who's coming here? That, that yeah. was my argument. That, that was my argument about you know next year. But as far as the last year, I mean, yeah, you had to get, you had to sign prove it guys, guys who want to prove themselves. And frankly, they haven't done that. A lot of those guys. I thought Charles Harris was doing it that in the year, but he's not been doing it recently. Um, I still and, think that Harris was like a good value signing, though. You got him. On no, like I mean, they were all cheap. cheap. They were all cheap they're signings. All it was. Cheap. A, they were all tryouts and seeing if you you still belong in the NFL or if you're going to be on a different team or. Right. It was basically to see if you're still an NFL player. Basically, I don't know. I mean, some of it, most of it has not worked. And, and no, you know what? Worked. I remember in the off season. I remember in the off season we were saying, "Oh, our linebacker and core is the weakest in the in the weakest out of the group." And I was like, hey, maybe maybe we'll get a guy like Alex. Maybe Alex works out. We don't know. How do you guys – do you guys feel like Alex is a future piece for this team? Is he going to be like a, like a long-term piece? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say long-term. I'd say short-term, like maybe for the next year or two. Uh, but I also feel like they're going to give those duties to Derek Barnes with what he's oh, doing uh, right now. Yeah, but do you see him being like – all right, so yeah, definitely the future is Derek Barnes. But do you believe the next guy next to him, like, like right now it's – Reeves Maven, do you think that guy is Alex Anzalone? Well, I don't think so. to, to be fair, term. they're all free agents after this year. So if you want to resign, um, I think they'll resign Anzalone just because he's a captain and like he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been bad. He's been solid, like average, solid. Like, he's no, a he's, decent he's linebacker, been solid, but I don't think he's a long term piece for this team. I think he's no, here for another year solid. maximum. I think he's kind of like remember when the Lions sort of had DK, like he was here for a little, then they got rid of him. I feel like yeah. that's kind of like how it is with Anzalone. He's going to be here maybe for like a year or two, and then they're going to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. but DK, I mean, I think his ceiling was just what it, what it was. But I feel they, like Anzalone need, is, need is what he is, too. I don't think he's like – he's a solid football player. I think he's a solid football player. Yeah, I don't think he – like there's really – I like, think though, I think they're going to draft better. somebody. I think that's – the long term, they're going to draft somebody. Long term, I don't think, so he, I don't think he's a long-term up. starter for our Lions defense. Yeah, so, I'm with, I'm so, with Tyler. So, so you think we're going to draft like another linebacker like what, pretty high or – I think it's possible. I mean, not, we'll it doesn't see. have to be like – doesn't be the first round, but I think they could be – you know, you have multiple picks. I think yeah. it's something they'll address at some point. If it's this year or maybe you bring back Anzalone and – you know, you do another day three type of thing like you did Derek Barnes, have him kind of slowly come in. You could start Anzalone at the start. And if he's ready, you can put that guy in, whatever. That, right. I mean, know, we'll see. I know we don't like talking about I mean, I know we don't bring it up as much, but Alex Anzalone, Anzalone has been having a really good year. Yes. I'm amazing. talking about, like, really good year. I mean, I I, I wouldn't – I honestly, whatever they do is whatever with me because I think he's playing – I think he's playing good for what's around, what's around him. So I can imagine if he had a better system around him, he will probably even better. Or better, better people. I would say better, better cast. I, I, I would say supporting cast. I feel like he is what he is. I think he is. Like he's not bad. He's not good. He's an NFL player. He he's was with good. a really good Saints defense last year. He kind of was played the he's same. Just solid. He's just, he's he's just, just solid, decent linebacker. I don't think he's anything special. I don't think he's trash. I think he's like okay. I think you could definitely improve on the. That, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you get a get an all star there. Yeah, definitely improve. I think it he's playing really. I think he's playing really good. I think I think we we're not giving him as much credit. 
right now as, as he, he's I don't know, out. man. I just feel like he's yeah, because you feel like he's blah, but you look at the turnovers he's causing. Look at it that he's always around the ball. He's making tackles. I mean, leads leads in tackle. Leads our team in tackles. I mean, that's that's sort of his job, though. He's the Mike linebacker. Yeah, he, he, that is his job. But we gotta remember, we haven't had much success in the linebacker position in a very long time. So, I mean, yeah, just seeing him play, we should have used that history against us. There's yeah, definitely, like, there, there's definitely improvements out there. It was a good signing. Like, bargain. I would say bargain. It was a good signing. I'm not going to say bargain. It was a good signing. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to say either. He's playing like really, really good. I think he's just solid. I don't. I don't know if he's like anything special. Um, but Anzalone um, was a good signing. Though. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at the Vikings' offensive line, they've been decent. Um, a weak link is at right guard, and maybe if Darisaw misses too, they could have probably Rashad Hill starting because I don't think he practiced today, right, Tyler? Yeah. Difference. So. If, if Darazaw's out, you're looking at potential like backup left tackle, and then the right guard Udo has been bad. Uh, they don't really have a number two receiver. It's just Thielen and Jefferson. The other guy, I think it's KJ Osborne, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's decent. He's not. He's not really that good. Uh, Tyler Cochran, their tight end. I mean, he's how many? What does he have? He has 40 receptions, 413 yards, three touchdowns. So he's pretty solid. Um, I would say he's probably their third option right now in the passing game. They use Osborne too. I've watched some of their games. They use, they like to use both of Osborne and Cochran. Cochran's been more involved recently. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't really used at the beginning of the year, but they've been using him a lot more recently uh, because Irv was supposed to be that guy, obviously Irv Smith, but he got hurt in the training camp, so he missed the whole year. But Cochran's been very solid for that team. He's, he kind of gives me like Kyle Rudolph type of vibes, like, you know, just a solid tight end. He'll, he'll pick up a first down, good red zone guy. That's why I got to pick up from Tyler Cochran. Yeah. I've seen him limited snaps. They're miss, they're missing Irv Smith for sure. He's hurt right now. I think he's on IR. He's out for the year, yeah. Yeah, he's on IR, so. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, but it's a good offense. It's going to be a tough task for this Lions defense, especially the corners. You got a young secondary, which they've been playing really well. Uh, they played really well versus some tough assignments, but this is probably their toughest assignment that they've had in a while. Um, when you play guys like Jefferson, you guys play Thielen. With your secondary, it, it's going to be a tough task. And it's going to be interesting to see who's the nickel corner because we activated Fatima Lafonwu this week. He hasn't played since week two. So it's going to be interesting what kind of role he has this week and who just ends up starting because A.J. Parker's out. Uh, is it going to be Will Harris? Is it going to be Lafonwu? Is it going to be Jerry Jacobs in the nickel? It's going to be interesting what decision they end up coming to. Yeah, and then when you look at the Vikings, they, they have the eighth-ranked passing offense. Um, their third-down offense percentage is 21%, not as good, but their red zone efficiency is 67.7%, which is sixth to lead. The Lions red zone efficiency is only 50%, which is tied for 28th in the league. Yeah. So when they get in the red zone, they're really dangerous. Um, and obviously in the past game, we talked about Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Coughlin, and what those guys could do in the passing game. So. It's a big challenge for the Lions defense. Uh, Jerry Jacobs, though, man. Shout out to Jerry Jacobs. He's playing out of his mind. Who plays the nickel corner this week, you think? Uh, Campbell said Jerry Jacobs remaining in the starting lineup. So I'm guessing they still stick with Will Harris. I'm not a fan of that. But um, I don't know, Tyler. So yeah. Will Will Harris the nickel. Am maybe, I- maybe iffy, like, because we – uh, Brad Holmes that talk about if he going up against bigger slot receivers, he could be a nickel corner. So maybe they'll try if he out a little at nickel, but I don't think that's a really good spot for him. I think if Will Harris is there, I think the Vike, I think Stefanski is going to look at that. He's going to put Justin Jefferson in the Thielen in that nickel as much as he could in the slot, in the I should spot, say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to take advantage of that all day. Yeah, probably. But yeah. what Will Harris brings you in the nickel, when he plays in the nickel, um, they, the run defense is, is kind of better with um, Will Harris. We but saw why, it last week. Yeah, but why run it when you have these when you have this passing attack? I mean, the Bears, too, yeah. yeah, I they mean the Bears the Bears passing attack isn't all that. You had a backup quarterback. Um right now, like Pierce said, you have a very efficient quarterback in Kirk Cousins right now. I think they're if they see Will Harris there and, and he's having a tough time, he made it a really nice play actually in that game versus that Bears game. I believe it was yeah, a nice, 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 nice PBU, but they, you know, nice. still get you still get picked on, you know. Yeah, they, no, I mean, that, that was one play. I'm just saying, uh I, I think they're gonna, they're gonna. That's gonna be their gameplay coming into the weekend. Until the Lions could prove that they could stop it, I don't think they stop it. I mean, the, the good thing about this is that um, it's not, it's not man coverage. 
<laughs> this was like a, this is Matt Patricia's defense, and yeah, he's in Nickley's playing. You're on man. an island, you know, yeah. he's an island. Yeah, we're in trouble, yeah. but there's gonna be help over the top. Um, right. so it's, it's it's gonna it's not that 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 bad. It, it could get bad if they do run like some man plays, and you know, you have your receiver, you know, running across the field, and Will Harris is chasing him. That's when it could get bad. But it's, they're playing zone a lot, so it's not gonna be that 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 bad. Yeah, but then I and then I worry is like you you get into the zone, it, there's going to be open for the receivers if that's in the middle of the field or they're going to look at those out routes and with their passers not getting home, it, it's just really difficult, you know. It is, especially with these guys, with these receivers, they're going to get open eventually. Yeah, but they're not, I mean, they're not the Bears. They're not playing in weather conditions versus the bad Baker Mayfields. Um, they're not playing Mason Rudolph. Like this is an efficient quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but, but still, I mean, I think the Lions. I think they still got to focus on stopping the run. They can't have um, they can't have Madison run for over hundred again. Their, their their game plan still has to be to stop the run. It's pick uh, your poison, in my opinion. Like I think either one could beat you. I'm you gotta find a way, Tyler, but you, if you gotta you gotta find a way to limit both. If yeah. you stop the run first, you kind of force them to pass. Yeah, um, and then that, that, that comes into more predictable situations, which could help you on defensively. But in my opinion, in this game. Your best defense is your offense. You run the ball, you keep your their offense off the field. I agree, hundred percent. And you do work in the yeah. trenches and just if go. they if they do what they did in the second half of their first meeting when they played them, they would they should have success in this game because in the second oh, half of that game the they fourth, stopped the, the fourth quarter. Oh, you're no, I want to say I want to say offensively or offensively they they did dog shit. Yeah, defensively in the second half of that game they held Madison to pretty much nothing and. Jefferson was it was invisible, so they found a way to stop the running game, and contain their passing game at the same time. So they need to right. do that. Whatever they did in the second half of that game, they need to do that from the first quarter all the way to the end of the game. Limit their def- limit their offense. I think their offensive line is playing better now than they were playing that time though, because our pass rush was getting home at some points in that game. Yeah, Nick um, Charles Harris got a sack in that game. We're not getting home at all recently. No, we're not. Yeah, and, and their offensive line is more gelled, I think. Now, I know the Pierre mentioned some injuries on that offensive line, but I don't know, man. It, it's it's difficult this week for yeah, me. We don't really have guys who could like affect the passer. We talked about that earlier on the show. We don't have anyone like that could pressure yeah. the quarterback right now, like consistently. Um, but Justin Jefferson, he's already at a thousand yards. He's at a thousand twenty-seven mm-hmm. this year. And he has six touchdowns, four. and he's averaging five point. 15.3 yards per game. What are there, um, five more games left still? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be I think that's gonna be an interesting matchup because um, uh, Amanio Warrior is playing much better than he was in week five. That is true. Yeah. That's a good point. Right. Yeah, so that, that's going to be – that's gonna be, and that was a fun battle the first time, Um, even though Jefferson – He won the first half, but they, just, they they like started to double team it looked like in the yeah, second half. So, Jefferson in that game, he was he had eight targets and had seven catches. So, that just kind of shows you what kind of game – what kind of day he had. And uh, the Vikings love going to field in the red zone. He has 10 touchdowns. So, like, when you get in the red zone, you have to know where Thielen is at all times. They're going to him a lot. They have a lot. They have a lot of red zone Ooh. options. 23 out of Kirk's touchdowns, 10 of them are to Thielen. So, almost half of his touchdowns are to Thielen. Wow. They have a lot of red zone options. I mean, you mentioned Thielen. You mentioned Jefferson. I think Conklin's one of those guys. He's slowly he trusts a little bit more in that red zone. They yeah. got they got options in that red zone. And when you get in the red zone, it gets a little scary. I mean, yeah, I, this is a matchup that I'm kind of interested to see, man, because our defense has been playing well. I think the defense, it is I'm, I'm not too I'm not too worried about our defense so much as our offense. Like, all right, are they going to do enough? But they could. Have, they, all right, you, you're you're talking about Adam Thielen, but then you're talking about um, Jacobs. You only give up one touchdown this whole season. Malcolm, regarding the Lions' offense, though, the past couple of weeks they haven't really faced good quarterbacks. Um, so this game kind of worries me about the defense. I know the defense has played well, but. Kirk Cousins right now is playing out of his mind, and I feel like he could tear us apart. I really do. I want I want to see it, man, because again, you have Jacob, wrong, you but... have Jacobs who gave up one touchdown all year. But Malcolm, yeah. what's even what's one thing you said even that Browns game? There was a lot of open receivers. Baker just missed them. There was a lot of open receivers. Baker did miss them. Baker, this is, this is the Baker's same hurt. offense essentially. Yeah, Stefanski comes from Minnesota. Yeah, this is the same offense, but Kirk is playing more efficient. This is in a dome this time, so there's no weather. I, I I agree. The first with time we played him, the first time we played him, they were in a in a dome. Like, I know, I know. I'm saying, but I'm talking about what we've seen recently out of this Lions defense. The quarterbacks are not really taking advantage of what's being there, especially Baker. And this is the same offense we're playing. 
Baker was hurt too. Like he was yeah. banged up. He was. Boxing, we're playing. We're playing an efficient yeah. quarterback this week. You're playing an efficient quarterback with two really good receivers. Probably one is a top ten, top five receiver. You can make the case for that. Um, a good running game. They have a good running game. Good writing scheme. It's tough, man. It's gonna be tough. They gotta. They gotta bring their A game. And I don't really honestly good. know if they have the personnel to do that. But again, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, Aaron Glenn we'll has proved us wrong uh, multiple times this he year. He has, but. Yeah. Man, we this talked is, about no this pass is when, This is one of the games I'm talking about, man. I think this is a game that we look at on paper, doesn't look favorable. I would say pretty much the same exact thing as week or week five as well. I was just, not optimistic about this. We said the same thing. We were, and yeah. and what, I, what I tell you guys, this is a this is the Lions way, guys. <laughs> I tell you guys all this all the time. This is the Lions way. You look at on paper, you're like, oh shit, this is not good. Oh shit, this is not good. And then what do they do? They find a way to keep this game close. And they end up losing at the end by a very close game. Okay. I think it's the same thing. Kirk is undefeated versus the Lions in a Vikings uniform. He is. Is he? We've when, never beat. We've never beat Kirk Cousins. That was that, so that, that was Case Keenum when we beat him when um the, the Golden Tate flip in the end zone. That was that was Kirk, that was Case Keenum. That was 2016. Yeah, he was in Washington at that time. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Damn. Um. Damn. So right now on ESPN, the spread is minus seven Minnesota, and Detroit is home. So Detroit losing by two points. Hundred percent. Honestly, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. if I had to make a prediction right now, I probably take. I do this all the time. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna bet on it. I'm gonna put Detroit plus seven. They're not gonna win the game, but they're not gonna lose. <laughs> they're gonna not gonna cover. lose more than seven. They're gonna, they're gonna cover, and I'm gonna just say, "Ha, uh, Detroit has won for me again." <laughs> because they and then gonna make somebody like. Yeah, is that the same thing that happened against the Rams? I was like 16. I was like, "What crazy?" I, it's, yeah, realistically, you'd think it would be a 16-point spread you'd be playing against the Rams, but that ain't going to happen. Detroit, Detroit Lions, they actually play up to their competition. It's weird to say. They always do it. They play to the competition. Yeah, since 2018, Kirk Cousins is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. He's 7-0, uh, and 0, I believe. 7-0? and 0? Damn. Wow. That's tough. It, this, this, this is tough, man. I think – and the thing that's, that sucks for us right now, yeah. and this is why – I kind of want us to win early. We'll just win at least one game because now every single week is going to be harder and harder and harder to win a game because these teams, they're going to have the mindset of like, oh, shit, there's no way we could be the first team to lose to the old 10-1 Lions. And no team wants to have that. They don't want to be the first to lose to the old 10-1 Lions. Right. This is bad. So they're going to be playing their ass. I think every team here on out. Is gonna play with the, playing their ass off because they don't want to be the first team to lose to this team. Yeah, and then um, when you look at the draft, you need to have number one or number two. Like we talked about this, me and you, Malcolm, the other day. You can't go wrong with either player. So if they have the number two pick, whether it's Hutchinson or or Thibodeau, whoever's on the board, you can't go wrong with that. So even if they win like two games or one game, whatever, I mean they haven't won one yet. But if they win, let's say they win two games, they get the number two pick. I don't see it happening. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that though. I know some people would be mad about that. I personally, like me and you talked about this. I don't. I don't. I don't think we have to worry about this scenario. Yeah, I don't think we do either. <laughs> hey, Tyler, let's be honest though. If they had the number two pick, would you be mad? Like, you can't go wrong with Absolutely that. Absolutely not. You could take Thibodeau or Hutchinson, whoever tickets first. You get the second guy. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. we're gonna be. I think we're gonna have this scenario where we're gonna get, we're gonna get to choose who we want, which yeah. is better. Yeah. Which is which is better. Well, obviously, yeah. Yeah. I, I I just don't see it. They will have to for the Detroit Lions to win any game from here on out, and we do have some fifty. I, I call it fifty fifty games. Like we played Atlanta, Denver. They would have to play a perfect game. I'm talking about no penalties. Jared Goff playing like like a good quarterback for all quarters. The defense holding up. That's the only chance we'll win. No stupid coaching stuff. But I just don't see all that coming together in in all in one game. I, I don't see that coming. I don't see that coming together. It's hard, man, because you have you have a coach who's doing too much for one. You have a quarterback who's not playing confident. Um, you have an offense that lacks talent at the receiver position. You have their best player on offense is out. Their best skill player right now. I think we could all agree that DeAndre Swift is our best skill player this year. Yeah, he's yeah. out. That from the beginning. So Hawkinson needs to step up. Other guys need to step up. Someone needs to, like. Ibuike, Jamal Williams, like everyone needs to step up, man. They have yeah. to play a perfect game, man. It's they, asking they just, too much, though. I feel like it's just asking too much. They have to, to ask a team to play the perfect game. It's it's tough. <laughs> it's hard to just play the perfect game. See, they, about no, no call, no penalties, yeah. no talent. Um, 
It's See, th- th- this game is tougher because I just don't think they have much of an opportunity. I think it's a lot tougher, but they've had their opportunities to win games. So that's why I was, was more critical. Like Thursday, I had a, a very good opportunity to win that game. Uh, Pittsburgh had a very good opportunity to win that game. I would even say Cleveland had a very good opportunity to win that game as well. This, this, The first time they played the Minnesota Vikings, this was a game they should have won. They should have. This is a game that they should have won. Is this, a, is this a game that Dan Campbell cried after? Yeah. That's a game yeah. they, they almost – Oh, I can't say almost played. Defensively, they almost played a perfect game. They 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 should have won this game. You know, we stole the score. We got the we got the touchdown. We stole the lead. We got the two point conversion to take the lead, and we gave them the ball back with thirty three seconds left on the clock, on like yeah, their yeah, twenty yeah. yard line. So we should have we should have won this game. So I think the Detroit Lions are going to go into the game knowing that they had them and that they can beat this team. I think they I think they have some confidence in thinking that. We're, we should have won this game last time. We could beat this team. Yeah. Um, I think come. the Vikings look at this team and say, hey, we almost lost this fucking team. Hey, yeah, that's the same thing. That's the same <laughs> thing, man. We can't, yeah, yeah, we almost lost to these teams. We can't be the first team to lose. To these, I play to devil's advocate here. I, I think the Vikings look the other way around. It's like, we almost lost this team. We're like, this is our team. This is the week. We're not taking any plays off. We're going to slaughter this team. I think, too, uh, Campbell said they want to, like, play, like, um, how do you say it? I forgot how he said it. Basically, like, destroy, ruin other team seasons. Right now, I think the spoiler. Minnesota Vikings spoiler. Right? They want to be spoiler. I think the Vikings are in the hunt, or they're yeah. Oh, have see, a wild the NFC, NFC, NFC seventh seventh spot is wide open. Lions are still technically in it. We're mathematically not eliminated. Stop. Stop. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, if, if that's actually a good way to motivate your guys, right? Especially as a division opponent, if you can get your division opponent potentially out of the playoffs, I mean that's that's real good. Yeah, so, man, they they could do it. Uh, I don't know. These they they could do much. it. Oh, wait, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> hard enough. They, they could do it, but like a lot of things need to go right, and a lot of things need to go wrong for the other team. Everything got to go right for Detroit Lions and Every, like Minnesota. Everything has to go right. We got to have like a back or cousins show up or something like. Things need to go wrong for Minnesota versus things need to go right with Detroit. It's just asking too much. It's it's a hard matchup. I don't think Detroit matches up well defensively. Offensively, they do, but defensively, it's asking them to do a lot. Even offensively, I can't even say they match up well. I think it just neutralizes it. No, I mean, I think they can move them in the running game. If you had a okay, really good, but what about you? You, you can just run the ball versus Minnesota. I mean, you could, but like you still have to pass. I think, honestly, if they had a good play caller, they would carve up this defense. I don't know. They would I mean, even they had a good play caller. We don't have a good play caller. We don't have a play caller at all. That's why Dan Campbell's taking over play calling. Who's never done it before? We, I, I mean, like Malcolm, even if you had a good OC, I don't think you could like magically just start scoring a lot of points or something. It's hard. Not against a really good defense, but you're playing against a Minnesota Vikings defense who, right now, who technically don't have a pass rush. They lose their pass rush. I think they have no pass rush right now. I agree. I think a good offense could keep it creative. They a have no pass rush. And, and then their corners, who's their corners? Um, yeah, they don't. They got Breland, Dantzler, and uh, the nickel is um, what's the name again? Damn it, nickel is uh, Mackenzie Alexander, who's been bad this year. I guarantee you, if um, Kyle Shanahan was our OC right now. We'll put up twenty five. We'll put up twenty eight points on this team right Kyle now. Kyle Shannon would probably put up like two hundred fifty rushing yards. His running. We'll put up, we'll, we'll up twenty eight points on this team right now. I don't know about that. I I, I honestly think so. They they are so bad defensively that we. I, I honestly feel like a, if we want, if we had a good a good play caller, we could do whatever we want. We could run the ball with success on this team, and we can pass the ball with success with this team. But the thing is, the Detroit Lions don't know. They're not going to know what to do. Kyle actually last week had 39 carries, 208 yards, uh, and three touchdowns on the running game against them. So that's why I said he run the ball. And then Jimmy Garoppolo was decent, 230 yards, touchdown in the pick. So if you get a, some decent passing game but just run it down their throats, you, you could do some damage. Yeah, I mean, that's why I said it. I mean, but. It hurts, though. You, your best running back is out. Um, We're going to shoot ourselves in the foot, man. There's going to be penalties. I mean, that's the only way to go. The only chance they have to have play perfect. No penalties, which I think is with this team is damn near impossible. Well, I know they were actually good in penalties before last game. They were middle of the pack in the NFL with penalties uh, before last game. Yeah. I feel like last game, too, like 
Campbell said a few of them or three of them were on golf, and he also saw a couple of them were kind of like a little like ticky tack. I mean, the false starts, the false starts though, you, you, there's no excuse for that. Just watch the damn ball. I always say this just watch the ball or know the count. Like, that's inexcusable. Yeah. Whether you're a receiver, an offensive lineman, running back, whatever, just watch the damn ball, man, or know the count. Especially when you're home, when you're home, like, come on. No, man, it's a quiet, or, you know, when they're quiet on offense, like, you're not, it's not, there's no crowd noise that's. To be honest, it. though, there is one thing that, that happened. The Lions fans were screaming, let's go, Lions. And they had a false start off of it. And I was pissed. Why do fans do that? Tyler, I don't know. I was basically like, there was people at the stadium. I was like, this, I was like, you know, like when you put like, your why do fans get louder in your own offense? Is 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 working? Yes. Yeah, so right after the false start, they show like on the screen like someone saying offense at work or something. Like it's not a basketball game. game. It's not a hockey game. You don't get loud for offensive. It's football one on one, guys. Right. Come on. Um. Be a good fan. If you attend the game and you're cheering during offense, and they like it, like while they're working, you're a bad fan. I got to be honest too. Whenever like. The opposing defense would come to the field. The Lions would like play the music super loud. Everything would be super loud. That's how it should be. Yeah, it was funny though. It was. It's never been that loud because obviously, like the attendance is a little low. It's not yeah. as high as it was. Um, they're blasting their speakers. I don't know if you noticed that when you went with the Baltimore game. They they're literally blasting their speakers. Well, year. earlier on in the year, we actually had, like fans were showing up to the games because you know it was early in the season. People right. not optimism, I would say, but like. I mean, I guess optimism. I don't know what it is. But people were showing up to games. Like, you know, it was early in the season. Lions football's back. We have fans. Like, yeah, I want to go to a Lions game, right? I think people at the point right now, it's like, you know, sell my tickets or I don't care about the game because we suck. Hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Pride Podcast as we broke down the Minnesota Vikings. We got some MVP talk. We got into Alex Antoloni for the contract, which, yes, uh, you know, we got to all that. So I hope you guys all enjoyed. We will be live on Spotify, Green Room Sunday at 12 o'clock right before the game. We'll talk about the enactments for both teams, Lions and the Vikings, and some last game minute notes of whatever we have, if anything pops up, anything different, opinion, whatever. We'll talk about that on Sunday. So come join us on Spotify, Green Room. Uh, you could you know, join from Instagram, Twitter. We'll post on both of them. So if you are interested, come join on Sunday, Spotify, Green Room. Um, and again, prayers out to Oxford uh, and, and everything that happened in the high school tragedy, obviously. We talked about that already. So my prayers are out to them. And I'm out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. Uh, like Tyler said, our thoughts and prayers are with the Oxford community and their families. And also uh, leave a five-star review on your listening platforms, whatever you listen on. And you can join us on Spotify Green Room every Sunday before the game, an hour before the game. And I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm. And... Yeah, man, leave those reviews, and yeah, I'm out. Peace.